Hello, everyone. Welcome to another uh, Chick Shea Chamber podcast. We call it Chick Chat. And again, today we are talking about the uh, TIF, the idea that the city of Chick Shea is considering a tax increment financing district. Uh, my guest today is Kathy O'Connor. And uh, Kathy O'Connor has been hired by the city of Chick Shea to come in in a consulting role and kind of help offer some ideas, some suggestions. Kathy, welcome to Chick Shea. Thank you. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I worked for the city of Oklahoma City for almost 30 years when I left um, to manage a nonprofit economic development organization for Oklahoma City called the Alliance for Economic Development. So we had responsibility for all of the city's incentive programs, all of the economic development programs, um, job creation, downtown revitalization, all of those different functions that are part of Oklahoma City. So I left, I, I retired from that role, from my, what I call my, my public sector role, and started my own consulting firm almost two years ago. Great. Well, it was, we were visiting before the podcast started, and you're talking about all the rural towns in Oklahoma that you're talking to or working with. And mm-hmm. uh, can you give us just a, a rundown of how, some of the other towns besides all your success in Oklahoma City that towns that you're working with currently? Yeah, so um, in the past, I've done some work for Jenks, Oklahoma, um, kind of a a suburb town of Tulsa that uh, has some pretty good success with tax increment financing. They use TIF to attract a Simon outlet mall to the the community, and that's been a huge benefit for them as far as sales tax revenues. Um, It's under construction right now, so they don't really have the sales tax revenues yet, but it'll be completed pretty soon. Um, I've also done some work for the city of Stillwater. Um, They have a tax increment district that's in their downtown, and I think it's been very, very instrumental in helping to preserve some of their historic buildings and see them repurposed into more restaurants and um, office buildings and all kinds of different uses for Stillwater. also doing some work in Perry, Oklahoma right now. We don't we haven't gotten to the TIF discussion yet, but we're doing some strategic planning with them and talking about economic development. So, yeah, just doing a little, little few things all over the place in Oklahoma. Very good. Very good. Um, so here on my sheet, we've got some questions we uh, put out on social media and ask uh, people in Chick Shea to submit questions, uh, topics that they'd like us to cover. And um, I've got a, a couple here that I want to ask you. Uh, and I think this was from the EDC uh, Facebook page that this came in. Uh, and the person said, uh, in their opinion, in a TIF district, the improvements that are made with tax dollars will make all the properties in the TIF district have higher property taxes. What would that do to small businesses in the district that are already struggling with operating costs in this economy? Would they be sacrificing? Would we be sacrificing those businesses for the sake of one investor? I think, first of all, we have to really understand how tax increment financing works. And it it does not necessarily mean that all the properties within the TIF district would have higher property taxes or that their value would even go up. I mean, the county assessor has a responsibility for assessing each property individually. For many operating businesses, that assessment is based on their net operating income each year and not the value of the real estate that's located next door. So I think 
First of all, I'm not sure I agree with this idea that property taxes automatically go up in a TIF district. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think the other thing that we have to remember is that by state, by the state statutes, property taxes for commercial properties can only increase 5% a year. For residential properties, that increases 3% a year. So that, that statutory limitation is really going to help to control the costs. I would also like to think that if you're in a district with successful businesses, your business is going to be more successful too. And you're going to have more revenue. You're going to have more customers. You're going to have a more attractive downtown, possibly because of the TIF district. And that that really helps your business and doesn't really create this situation where your taxes are going up and, um, and you wouldn't be able to afford them. Well, and that's that's a great explanation, and it kind of this question is is kind of a piggyback off the previous one. But if a business, let's say there's a boutique shop in downtown, and the city of Chickasha decides to do a TIF district within the boundaries where the shop operates, um, how does their business change uh, once the TIF is if the TIF is implemented? Uh, do they pay more in property taxes? Do they pay more in business taxes? I mean, how does it impact? a small mom-and-pop business? Well, the the creation of the TIF district itself has no impact on tax rates again. I mean, it does not make taxes go up. It doesn't make the, the tax rate go up. All it does is capture any increases in tax revenues that are created by that new investment that was funded through the TIF. Um, for most small businesses, I think what they see in a downtown is, let's say you decide to use the tax increment funding, the, the, the revenues that are generated, to make infrastructure improvements or to do streetscape improvements or to improve the sidewalks in downtown. All of those things help small businesses and they help it make make it easier for people to get to your business might help with parking situation you know in some downtowns they've used tax increment dollars to build parking garages or even surface parking um, it can be used like I said to make streetscape improvements or other kinds of infrastructure improvements help with your water system drainage system all of those kinds of things so I mean, I would think that it, it provides the city with a tool to actually make improvements in your downtown that the city would not ordinarily be able to afford. I, th- I think that's one of the keys is that without a TIF, some of these things probably would never happen uh, in terms of because the city wouldn't have the budget to be able to go in and address that without right. there being the increment mm-hmm. uh, that's being captured. Um, okay. Uh, in your last answer, you answered two other of my questions on here. Oh, so okay. you're you're doing a great job of this. It's it's almost like you've done this before. I probably have done this before. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, here's another question. Critics argue that TIF districts can divert funds away from essential services like water plants and roads. How do you address concerns that the if a TIF district is done in downtown, that it could negatively affect funding for critical infrastructure projects? Um, well, first of all, TIF districts don't divert funds away from other infrastructure projects. Um, the creation of a TIF district and and the generation of the increment can actually be used to help make infrastructure projects happen where you might not be able to afford them ordinarily. Um, the, the tax revenues, the ad valorem tax revenues uh, that are 
that are generated by the TIF are the incremental increase in taxes that are created because of growth in property values and not because of some increase in tax rates. And so those revenues are captured and then they can be used for infrastructure, but they're, they're, they do not divert funds away from essential services for the city. And that's why we're doing these podcasts, is to try to explain some of these that are, that are facts. When I was in Oklahoma City in Bricktown, I learned a lot about TIFFs, uh, but since um, in here in the past six, seven, eight, nine months, I feel like I've learned a lot more, especially from talking with you. And it seems like that there's a lot of things that is from when you look at a TIF, some things are mandated by the state in terms of how you do it, mm -hmm. but then there's some things that can be customized to, to fit what our needs are here locally. Can you yep. comment a little bit about that? Yeah, so, I mean, there, there are some limitations to how TIF can be used, um, and, and the state statutes are pretty specific, that it has to be an area of historic preservation, of economic distress, um, can have environmental issues, infrastructure issues, areas where development is difficult. Um, if development is easy and possible without it, you statutorily you should not be creating a TIF district. For example, I'll use an example from Oklahoma City, but if you're familiar with the Kilpatrick Turnpike and um, the development that's called Chisholm Creek up along the Turnpike, they do not have a TIF district. Development happened without it. Um, in downtown where you have other concerns and more blighted properties and code enforcement issues and vacant buildings and all those things, a TIF district was created. Um, but in a community, you can, you can structure it in a way that you can share the increment with your other taxing jurisdictions, for example. You can share the increment with the school district if you'd like to. You can share it with the county. Um, that's been done throughout Oklahoma and has really, you know, frankly, become a pretty common practice to, to share the increment with those other taxing jurisdictions like the school district. You can create increment areas that just address a specific project or a very specific area. You don't have to make it very big. In fact, the state law li limits how big a TIF district can be. So there's a lot of different things that we can do um, to, to structure the TIF district and to make sure that it addresses the, the priorities of the city council that creates the TIF district. And I think that's what's really important to remember is that it is the creation of the city council and it does need to reflect their development priorities. Yeah, so all authority uh, of a TIF, it all ha is all runs through the city council and they have final vote, final say-so, whether it happens, whether it doesn't happen, how the funds are administered, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, so that's that's another thing that I think is is important. Um, okay, so my last question is not about TIFFs, okay. um, but as someone that has traveled around Oklahoma a little bit, seen some other rural towns, uh, you've been to Chickasha several times. Um, tell the average person that's lived in Chickasha for a long time, maybe all their lives, what what are some of the things that you see in Chickasha potential that we have, or or maybe some assets that we're not really truly appreciating? Well, you know, when I first came down here to do this work and I'd been to Chickasha before but when I when the city invited me to come down and and we first did a workshop my my first impression was what a great historic downtown you have and how many communities would really like to be of your size with the kind of economic 
activity that you already have going you have a pretty nice economic base to begin with to help use that to restore your downtown and to really take advantage of some of these historic buildings that you have that that a, a lot of towns would be really jealous of um, actually I'm, I'm a little jealous even for Oklahoma City because we tore so many of our historic buildings down um, I also, you know, I also think that, like I said, you have enough going on here. You have a big enough population. You've got a great location on the interstate. You're not too far from Oklahoma City. You've got, a, you know, a chamber of commerce and community volunteers who are really interested in trying to make things happen here. You've got, you know, the Festival of Lights going on right now. Um, people are willing to make an investment in this community of their time and their talent and. I, I think that that's really, really important. And I think that's really one of the wonderful things about small towns in Oklahoma. And um, I think that your downtown has just got a ton of potential to be someplace really, really, really special. Well, thank you. I, I certainly feel that way too. I also think that as people that have lived in Chickasha a long time, they see that we've made some progress in downtown uh, and they kind of think that, well, isn't that good enough? And yet, I look around and see the challenges we have with upper floors. With you know, they're almost all of them are are uh, vacant. Uh, I see other challenges that we have when we're just trying to develop some really simple things, and our infrastructure is is aged so much that it makes it very difficult for the city just to make sure we have water and sewer. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm appreciative of everything we have in downtown, but I'm also aware of the challenges that we have to address and and how TIF district could help the city address those um, but just one last thing would be as as a downtown becomes vibrant and exciting and uh, you have uh, a lot of commerce happening how does that benefit the entire town well, I mean, I think I, I really believe that a, a rising tide raises all ships. I don't think that you have to choose your downtown over some other part of town. I think that um, there's also a little saying out there that you can't be a suburb to nothing. And, um, you know, we maybe that maybe that's true here, too, that that you you really have to have this vibrant downtown that belongs to everybody that isn't just for like one certain ward in the community or one certain area but you know typically people see downtown as belonging to everyone you know they're the historic shopping district and the places that people would all come on the weekends and saturdays to do all their shopping and and i think that part of our culture still remains when we think about how we feel about a downtown and um so i really think that it's, it's definitely a part of a community's fabric to preserve its history and its historic buildings, and that's kind of a personal passion of mine, and that that is hugely complementary to new development and new retail and new restaurants, but that people really like that kind of um, local feel and that, that connection to their history, and, and that's what I think downtowns bring to, to any community. Very good. Kathy, thank you for joining us on this episode of uh, Chick Chat, our uh, podcast from the Chick Shea Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we look forward to getting all these out to the public, and I'm sure once we do that, we'll probably have to do some follow-ups as people have more questions. Our goal is to be transparent with everything that's going on, try to address questions, concerns, 
And uh, we want Chickasha excited about um, what our future has in front of us. And uh, if we do a TIF district, I think it can help. Uh, there's just a lot uh, for us to look forward to. So thank you for joining us today. Yeah, you're welcome.